0: Welcome to the Style That Finds Us podcast. Today, we are here with Brett Heyman. She is the founder of the Super Fun Accessories brand, Edie Parker, and Flower by Edie Parker. She previously worked in PR at Dolce & Gabbana and Gucci. She grew up in L.A. Her bags have been worn by Cher, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, Carrie Washington, Kate Hudson, Eva Chin, Kiara Ferrani. Anna De La Russo, Leandra Medine, Alexa Chun, <laughs> Giovanna Battaglia, and so many more fabulous people. Thank you for being here, Brett. Thank you for having me and for that great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, where did the idea for Edie Parker come about? And there... That's not your name, so who is Edie Parker? It is not my name. It is very confusing to people. I now just
1: respond to Edie. Um, (laughs) But I have been a lifelong vintage collector. As you mentioned, I grew up in L.A., so I would walk up and down Melrose on weekends in high school, and I collected all kinds of bags. In hindsight, I think I was a bit of a hoarder, but I now (laughs) lovingly call it collecting. Um, But I had collected vintage acrylic bags from the 50s and 60s forever. And then when I moved to New York City and I had a much smaller space than my parents' house Mm -hmm. in L.A., I had to throw out most of my old bags and I Mm. always kept the acrylic ones and I always wore them. And whenever I did wear them, there was always either curiosity from people like, Oh, that's so interesting. That's so cool. What is that? Mm -hmm. Or a sense of nostalgia. Like, Oh, my mom had a bag like Mm. that. My grandma had a bag like that. And so it was this love combined with my working in fashion for over 10 years and covering accessories for brands like Gucci and Dolce Gabbana. And knowing that nobody really focused on evening as a category. It was like, either an afterthought or really ornamented and dressy. And you wore these bags once and then you put them up in your closet and, you know, wore them once a year. So, um, when I had my daughter named Edie Parker, um, (laughs) in 2009, it was time that I really thought I'd been working. I love fashion, but If i'm going to leave this child that i just made i want it to be for myself and for something really creative and fulfilling and what do i want to do and i thought i'm going to remake these bags for a new generation of people because they were so hard to find um and i like to joke that i had already named her that year which was impossible so i was not gonna do that again (laughs) and i also like to joke that i had made a human how hard could it be to make a handbag and that's why i started yeah
0: And I love the story about how you used to walk up and down Melrose. So in like fourth grade or something, your mom would drop you off. And then for a couple hours, you would get to do that by yourself. Totally.
1: And she would drop me off by Fairfax. And then I would say, meet me at the Johnny Rockets, which is very far. (laughs) So I wasn't exactly in fourth grade, but she would like pick me up at four o'clock. It'd be like, drop me at 10, pick me up at four. And I would go up and down and like, you know, buy vintage denim and like all kinds of
2: stuff. That's so much fun.
0: And so since you previously worked in PR, and I don't think that you went to design school, how did you go about learning to design, make, and produce handbags? Well... I did not go to design school. That is correct. Um, The truth is
1: the bags are very, uh, certainly what we started with, which were just Mm -hmm. box clutches. Right. Right. Um, It was much more geometric and I can draw a little bit, but it was literally sitting at my dining room table, Mm -hmm. taking a ruler, drawing the shape, and then like Mm -hmm. drawing little icons on top or stripes and coloring them with crayons. So it was not exactly if a designer from design school had met me then, they'd be like, oh, there's easier ways to do this or let right. me help you. And then, of course, as we've expanded and, right. and done new styles, we've hired proper trained yeah. designers who can make a gusset, can make a lining. Right. Um, I've never been sort of delusional about that. or at, Right. You know, sure. So it was just a lot of trial and error, a lot of R&D. It took forever from like concept to first proto okay. that was actually acceptable. And even and candidly, like that first season that we shipped to Barney's, I look back at it now and I'm like, oof, you know, that, that hinges off and that mirrors wrong. It just, it I didn't know any better, but it did work. It certainly
0: worked. Wow. And then recently the Flower by E. Parker line has launched. So tell us about where that idea came about. What is that? All sure. of the things. So
1: in May, we launched Flower by Edie Parker, which is a colorful line of cannabis and cannabis accessories. And basically that idea was born out of our home collection, which we launched in 2016, which is a beautiful line of Mm -hmm. mostly acrylic pieces, boxes, clutches, coasters, but also we use other materials that have that same ethos and sensibility, lots of color, happy makes you happy. You know, it's just for a good time for your pleasure. Um, and Um, when we were thinking about how to expand our home collection because everybody was having a really good time with it and it was people were responding to it and it was selling. Um, We thought about how we internally entertained at home and gifts we like to bring to friends and this use of cannabis came up because it's part of some of our lives and we felt like cannabis has kind of been in the shadows for too long and growing up in California, where now it's legal, um, I could get on my soapbox about cannabis and why it's better for you in so many ways than certainly opioids, but also a lot of alcohol. There's a lot of, you know, there's a social justice piece that like, you know, Mm -hmm. cannabis is really like the criminalization of it has affected Mm -hmm. communities of color and young men of color in this crazy, horrible way. I don't need to go there, though. This is about colorful accessories. And the medicinal Yeah. I mean, there's just like, it's, it's a plant. And so we were really inspired by legalization and by kind of the movement. And we thought, why not? Why can't cannabis accessories, even if you don't participate, why can't they be as beautiful as barware and tabletop? And so we sought about to make, which we did not see in the market and still don't hand-blown glass pipes that look like our bags or look like icons on our bags in beautiful saturated colors or a beautiful stash box that just looks like a beautiful hinge box with okay. an inlayer with your name. So taking the same approach to our fashion accessories, applying it to cannabis and, and really considering the packaging, the presentation that doesn't exist really in dispensaries in the way that we approached it. So right. it was hard to do. It was sort of an idea sort of out of left field, but we're really excited about it and It's a community that's incredibly engaged. I mean, our Instagram following for Flower is much smaller than our Evie Parker following, but people are DMing me constantly and talking about it and asking questions. And they're just really excited about this sort of new frontier.
0: Yeah, that's great. And so the response has been great. I assume. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: been really surprisingly positive. Yeah. And certainly there are people that were confused. Like you make these luxury handbags. Why are you making cannabis? Oh, yeah. um, but I think, I actually think it's like a very exciting melding of these worlds. I think it's going to be inevitable right. that people in fashion. <gasps> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think. Um, it's here. It's here. It's right. and you're not putting that genie back in the bottle. No. Right.
2: And if you don't want to be a part of that, that's fine. Totally. By the way, right. totally, right,
0: totally. And even if you don't like, they're just beautiful accessories. totally. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then, so tell us about a store. You have beautiful stores mm-hmm. or is it one? one. Not poor. Okay. We changed from Madison to Soho. We did. So what all goes into that? Tell me about positives and negatives. How did the idea come about to open a physical space?
1: well we opened our physical space on madison in 2016 and the reason that we did that was because the department stores we used to have like a very very big department store business right and what happened was unfortunately as the department store sales started to decline across Mm -hmm. the board not just ours. As they started to, dec- to decline, I think the buyers got so scared. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we, you know, they would tell us before an appointment, we're so excited to come see you. We're so excited. We want newness, newness, newness. And yeah. we were like, great. We've developed right. all these new SKUs and styles and it's all going to be new. And they'd come in and they'd say, we love this. This is an incredible evolution. We're just going to buy classics. We're, we're going to buy gold, silver, black, and white because we know we can sell that. And we're too afraid because our bottom line is at right. stake. Exactly. And I respect that. But I think that was part of the problem with department stores. Like well, it is. They just got, got boring Right. And,
2: yes, and then safe. nobody would and it wasn't
1: inspiring you wouldn't it's walk in and be like a oh, perfect storm of exactly. downward spiral and so for me i was like how am i going to grow this brand right. if they're just using us as this resource for like a few solid evening classes right. and so we opened the store in madison which was really exciting and um, at the time I was working with my friend, Wes Gordon, who yeah, was sort of winding on so his cute. business and he's like a very, very dear friend of mine. And I said, can you help me do this store? So yeah. we kind of worked on it together and he's so talented. Right. And and so we, we put everything up
2: there that just felt like a living room and, oh, and yes. a so home. so much fun. Thank you. And I haven't gotten to go downtown yet, but when we had the event with you yep. that night and that whole flower oh, arrangement, yeah. like when you walked in, it was like. Oh, just it's an experience. Thank it's you. more than just a shopping day. We try,
1: but unfortunately, you know what they say about Madison is true, which is yeah. it's just super expensive. Yeah. All the stores are closing around us, right. and it just didn't make sense anymore. Especially with like we're trying to do a lot more democratically priced items and, and so, the flower. Yeah, the I think is
2: more a downtown. Kind I of think thing. so.
1: I think we thought it was really fun to have flower on Madison and sort of be sure. the first of its kind shop on Madison. Right. But I just think it's got. Prohibitively expensive and doesn't right. make sense. So we moved down to Bond Street. We're right next to the Goop store, and Fine. it's really it's been great
0: down there. Good, 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 good. And then, so tell me, how have you grown and evolved as a businesswoman over time? Um, how have I grown
1: and evolved? I don't know. I think just like how I've grown and evolved as a person. I yeah. like started with yeah. a teeny tiny baby when I launched this brand, and now I have three kids. Right. Um, and I think. I'm very good at failing fast, like something doesn't work. I'm not going to have an ego about it and be attached to it. And I think just really learning that I, I should have asked a lot more questions in the beginning. I was Um, kind of like, this is what I know. This is what I don't know. But instead of using my network and and friends and saying like, you know, what is a product development person? I should probably get one, which took me a really long time to do or thinking like, gosh, we're going to be in these 28 Neiman's doors. Is that good for the brand or is right, that not right, good for the Right, 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 right. You know, you just don't kind of know if
2: you're You're growing. just excited you're exactly. in a store. Yeah, exactly. I, I, we heard somebody talk about that the other day and she was talking about it's hard to be vulnerable and to admit that maybe you don't know, you know, the, some of the basic things. Totally. But it's surprising how much people want to help.
1: I think that's right. I think yeah. this is a, like, at least, you know, my friends, the supportive group of people. Right. Everybody wants people to succeed. Right. Um, and I think just, yeah, it, as you said, it's hard not to be excited when it's seemingly good things are happening. Absolutely. But just asking those questions and thinking through them long Being term. Being calm. That's yes. the good thing about Delia.
2: Cause I'll get all excited about something and she's like, we need to talk about this a little bit more. You know, I'm like, Oh, you're right. So it is, it's, right. it's kind of a mix. Yeah. It's great to be excited and then also to think it through. So that's very good advice.
0: And then tell us about building a team. So how to know when to hire, what positions to hire for.
1: That's, that's been tricky for me, honestly, because as I said, I didn't even know a lot of these roles existed. Right. (laughs) So I just hired kind of what I knew we had to have, but we were missing early days, like a lot of sort of crucial roles. But I think it's hard because it's expensive to have people and you've got to have the right fit and, and you know, culture is really important, right? Especially when you start your own business, like people are buying into what you've created, you know, this like idea that you have, they're supporting you. And so really making sure that people are there for the right reasons and that you, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really very difficult. And I think, yeah.
2: And you have to have that synergy where if the people that are working with you, if that's not an exciting, everybody's in here together experience, it comes out into the world. You totally. Know? So that, I can see how that'd be really, really hard. Plus it's, it's your baby. Yes. I and mean, you're ultimately the one that, you know, it's hard to find people to, to put things off to yeah. get them to but delegate. But you also have to really appreciate that people
1: are, are supporting you. You know, right. people come to work every day to support right. something that you right. want to do. And that's it's tricky. Because then yeah. it's like, then also it's a little tricky because then you're so appreciative that people are doing that, but if something's not right, maybe you don't recognize it because it's it's emotional. Exactly. So that is, it's a work in progress for me still. Yeah.
0: Well, since retail is so crazy these days, how have you changed your direct to consumer and wholesale strategy? Well, I mean, sort
1: of by necessity, we've had to really rethink that. Um, and so we've really expanded our website capabilities. We have this great Great. simulator on it where you can do the bespoke and you can mock things up, um, and we've kind of re-looked at our pricing and tried to make things exclusive to our website and our store and make them more accessible because we're not going to wholesale them anymore and really be a resource for things and then keep all the novelty kind of special and that can be sold wholesale, but really just Um, pulling back, being strategic, really, really having a robust offering at the store and doing little pop-ups and trunk shows, meeting wonderful people like you who come into the store and bring their networks. Right. Um, But just being more thoughtful than just saying, sure, I'll go into X, Y, and Z store. You just can't do that anymore. No. Mm.
0: So tell us more about how the bags are made. It is a
1: super labor intensive process. Um, part of my thinking when I launched the brand was nobody's made these in the fift- since the 50s or 60s, right. so it's going to be super easy to get these made. Right. and it's going to be you know very inexpensive. But in fact, we manufacture in the exact same way that they manufactured. 50, Nobody has years been ago. making them it, since And the the there's a reason. <laughs> there is a reason. Because everything is hand poured, hand wow. cut, buffed out, inlaid. Mm. And it's really like a little art piece. Yes. Um, and we're really proud of that. And we manufacture in the U.S. and then some of our pieces in Italy. But, you know, there are certainly a lot of copycats that have popped up. Oh, yeah. And it's been really upsetting to me personally. But... And the problem is, is that in a picture, some of the copies look okay. Right. And then you get them in your hands and you're like, oh, this is a cheap piece of plastic. I feel like there's a a new copycat too. I mean, they're all the time. People send them to me all the time. Right. I'd love to know who
0: you're thinking about. I know. (laughs) I'll tell you after this. Okay. Okay. And And so tell us more about acrylic and it's mostly, that's what you mostly use, but Mm -hmm. also you're expanding. Yeah.
1: I mean, we kind of work with everything now. We're primarily focused on acrylic. And that was another lesson I learned, like. We launched with acrylic, we were super focused, super niche, and then after a couple of seasons of having a lot of success, really like more than a couple of seasons, right. a couple of years, we had all the success, and I used to think, okay, well, we accompany our girl on Friday and Saturday nights, now we right. want to be with her every other day of the week, Yeah. and so I think we very quickly developed all these day bags and these big leather right. bags, and they were really expensive and beautifully made, you know, handmade in mm-hmm. Italy bags. But the truth of the matter is like, that's, we had so much competition in that category right. and that's not really what people wanted from us. Right. And that was a tough lesson. Like, and for people starting their business, like you don't have to solve every problem for everybody. Well, you don't have to be right. a resource for everything. Do what you're doing well, right. fill that need
2: that you feel, And like, that's okay. That's enough. <gasps> right. Well, and I've wondered about that. Like as a designer, when you've done it, you know, you've done it for a while now and you're like, oh, I'd like to try something, you know, expand it into this area, this area. But, like, for me as a wardrobe consultant, I know, like, I would be going to you for this specific thing. Right. And when I go there and there's other things, it would be like, no, I just want what I know is perfect for this client. Totally. Or that is what puts her, you know, separates her. So I'm sure it's hard to stay in your lane. but Because you probably feel like, well, how many combinations of this can I come totally. up with? But But you keep coming up with it and then you did something completely different with flower or with home So you stay with the same materials kind of and go that way instead of branching out So I think that I've always wondered about I've always been disappointed when uh, Well, let's take Carolina Herrera. He has stuck with that look. so that the people that always wanted that That's for my certain clients, you know, and then if someone comes in and changes that whole thing then they don't get the new clients And they sure don't, they lose the old client. So they've messed up the whole thing.
1: I think you're absolutely right. And I think there's this temptation for people. to have a little success in something to be like, well, then my client's going to want everything from me. They want me. Right. I can do the whole thing. It's not true. And and now, especially, there's just too much product out there. There is too much product. And nobody's going to be such a loyalist and get everything from you. Well,
2: also like with your bag. So, you know, the talk these days is, you know tear down your wardrobe. We don't need all this stuff. Sustainable materials. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with my clients, I create this core wardrobe that can be on one rolling rack. But then when you have a bag like one of these, then that takes it to a whole nother level. You've got a whole look, you know, so the bags, like you said, I can sit it on a coffee table and it can truly be um, a work of art there too. So those things, that's worth the investment, but people do need to understand why in the world they are the price they are and then they treasure it more too totally. when they know all the things that went into making this it's not just a plastic bag totally and honestly that's very challenging because i right. agree with you totally
1: and certainly we didn't set out to make like let me make this very expensive of course not. but we set out to honor and like pay tribute right. to this process right. and this time in america where we're setting fashion trends globally it's like true manufacturing and and the thing is about them is that like they're not trend driven. They're not specific. They're no. not going to have wear and tear like a this regular bag. bag. Oh, you know, my grandchild.
2: Know my you know, well, both of them are. Oh just, my God, that was incredible. We're looking both. at the
1: solar system slim jean and this press. I mean, I and
2: love carb. how much wear that. Oh I mean, my God. you <laughs> know how much we love these. So, but the thing about this is that's what I'm really concentrating on now with my clients, and also Mucha Prada said recently. You know, we're having this conversation about not making so many clothes and we're in the business of making clothes. Right. So this is an interesting time. Right. But for me with my clients, if I'm going to ask them to spend a nice amount of money on something, I want it to be something that, that they're, you know, that their grandchild is like, this is my grandmother's I couldn't agree more. And, and all that kind of stuff. So I just, I I love that. Right? I love the quality of it. And the main thing I guess is just explaining to people, you know, what they're getting and everything,
1: which is hard. It's hard in a picture. You know, if you're not talking to your customers all the time and when you're in department stores and the salespeople aren't trained, it's hard to say like, you know, not all acrylic is created equal. And you look at this, I come to it though, from a collector who's like, you know, collecting them from the fifties, which are all like yellowed and and not in good shape. And I, we improved on that process. We improved on the material. Like these are heirlooms right? and they are things that
2: like if you don't want to wear them for six months, you put them in your shelf and then oh, you bring yeah. them down and it's exciting all over again. Right. It's also a piece to me like that will be in the collection at the Met, you know, with the costume Institute where it'll be, um, you know, a sign of how it was made. You know, when you go in there and they have one piece from these people that made iconic pieces in in a certain time, your bag to me will be one of those pieces. Well, that's so kind yeah, of you. But I mean, but I mean it. Yeah.
0: Just right. Call Andrew Belton. Yes, I Yeah, exactly.
2: And Karen, who we love.
0: Yes. So that was one of the reasons that I started my blog originally. So mom and I each had blogs, and then we combined and started The Style That Binds Us with the YouTube channel and podcast. But when I was at Barney's, I was so excited. I started in beauty. So I researched all my vendors. I knew everything there was to know about them. And then I walked the floor And I felt like not one of those stories was being told. And like you said, the sales associates, maybe they're not trained well. If the designer isn't standing right there, you could miss something and you're going to go for the brand that you know. Sure. Same thing so, with the
2: jewelry on, on the... I mean,
0: yeah, all categories. She would be like, no one's
2: paying attention to this fabulous...
1: Right. It's crazy. But you're also competing with... I mean, we've always been on the ground floor, the sort of designer floor right. since oh, yeah. launch, And it's right. like, you're dealing with people... I mean, we're sitting next to Chanel. Oh, right. Yeah. Forget the fact that they're Chanel, but they spend a billion dollars oh, a yeah. year on right. marketing. Yeah, right. So it's like, if you're a young brand right. with an artisanal spirit, it's <laughs> right. pretty hard exactly. to get people's attention and to get a salesperson to be like, don't
0: sell this. Two five five. Come oh, over yeah. here and look at this. Oh, right. oh my god! Yeah. Right. Yeah. Another thing, when designers see success that we see sometimes, they are in like the six hundred to eight hundred dollar price range. Let's say in ready to wear, mm-hmm. and then it it oh, goes yeah. crazy, it blows up, and then all of a sudden the next season they're fifteen hundred dollars yeah. a dress. So now that was that was perfect. That mm-hmm. was the client. That's mm-hmm. what they wanted, and now you're just like every other luxury brand, yeah. and and you don't, and it, it fails. Well, you know, you be,
2: well, it does a lot of times. Uh, you're right. They do that with jewelry too. A lot. I really, I, I've noticed like somebody that gets that their jewelry's going, you know, the sales are going really well. And so then they go, I'm going to find jewelry now. Oh yeah. Well, you know, there again, it's like, well, you know, this isn't about you. You just yes. worked yourself out of all yes. my clients. Most likely. Totally. Cause if they're going to get something fine, it's probably going to be from so-and-so yeah. or whatever.
1: That's exactly right. If I'm going to spend this, I want the brand. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: It's your moment, baby. <laughs> You guys are the cutest. <laughs> She's kind of bossy. I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> so bossy. I try. Um, okay.
2: This is a big question. Tell us about the experience of going through the CFDA fashion fund. The fashion fund? Yeah. yeah. Um, well...
1: It was interesting. Pros and cons. I mean, yeah. It's, um, it's different now than when I went through it. Like, the judges are pretty different. Okay. Um, I think it's a tremendous amount of work. Right. That's what i And saying. it's sort of hard to keep your eye on your own business while you're going through it. Because oh, sure. it's, like, really a lot. And most people that go through it are pretty lean teams. Right. Um, and I think they do... Like, there was a lot of great stuff about it. Of like, as a As a group... You know, you have a, like a lot of camaraderie right. and you have access at the time to all of the judges. I wish there was more of a, I mean, I don't know how deep you want me to get, but if I'm being really honest, I think the process is like slightly arbitrary and right. Like, you know, maybe even capricious, like there's no standard to the program. Like, how are you judging people? How are you rating people? It's sort of all at the whims of a few people at the top. Sure. As an example, like not all of the judges had to visit all of the showrooms, oh, which feels right. like. That feels like it should wow. be sort of uniform, of course. Um, but like everything, it kind of is what you make of it. So I think a lot of people took that opportunity and really kept in touch with people and, and tried to follow up with them and get mm-hmm. advice from them. I did not do that. I mean, it's just like too busy. Just, I got my right. kids and Life. just was busy. Right. Um, but I think like you know they mean really well. It's sure. a great sure, sure. Um, competition, and I think. Maybe I think what would improve it is that if it was like a little bit more uniform, and they didn't do it every year necessarily, because I think it's hard to find the level of talent they want every year. Right. Um, But I felt super, super privileged to go through it. Beyond.
2: But did you have? Do you have to like spend a lot of your own money during that? I feel like I've heard people say, you know, it kind of put me in a financial.
1: Yeah. I mean, they certainly give you money. They try to be fair. Like for design challenge, they give you money to spend on yeah. it. I think some people go above and beyond. Maybe that's what and, it was. And yeah. that's sort of their choice. And sure. And I didn't. And I never, look, I didn't go into that thinking I was like a real competitor. I was like, I'm thrilled to be in this top 10. I'm not going to win this thing. That's fine. <laughs> and I'm just going to you know right. do my best. Yeah. Um, but I think some people really like that prize money is incredibly significant. I think they really sure. r- are in it of to course. win it. Um, so some That'd people certainly really do worth. put themselves in a yeah. hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: How has the PR industry changed since you started working in it? I mean, it's unrecognizable. I I mean,
1: it's unrecognizable. Is it even a thing? Not in the way that I did it, certainly. I mean, obviously magazines were the most important things that we did. And and like getting, I mean, I remember when I worked at Dolce and I pitched these three beautiful bags to Vogue for last Mm -hmm. look. And they were going to do it. And, you know, they wouldn't really confirm it. They kept saying, we're holding them, we're holding them, we think we're going to do it, we think we're going to do it. And it was literally like, I was like, I would have meetings with our president and and just Mm -hmm. sort of PR update meetings. And I'd be like, we're going to be in October last, like I think, and then I'm going to retire. It was like, that was the Uh, best thing you could possibly do. And now it's like, I don't even look at that anymore. Um, But I think people just, you know, it's so much more, as you guys know, just influencer, influencer right. driven and like not even red carpet
2: matters as much right, anymore. Right. Yeah. I can't figure it out this morning. I woke up and I thought, what's going to happen to the models? Like if there aren't any more fashion shows, cause that's a conversation and there's no more print, how, you know, it's like everything is changing right, entire you know? industries. and someone that we, we work with and love like last week. The PR company closed on her, right. and she's trying to schedule everything. And it, you know, she there was no warning, right. nothing. So it's just, right. it's kind of like, yeah, it's terrible. You it's never hard know what's dropping on. next. Hunger Games.
0: Right? It is yeah.
1: like
2: the Hunger Games. Well, it's like other
1: in other um, industries that have been affected by, right. like, think about manufacturing and everything else. I mean, right. we're just, w- we don't like to think of ourselves as kind of dinosaurs because we
2: love fashion. Yeah. Right? Right. you know, It still right. seems bustling. But the truth is, like, a lot of how we do things is ridiculous. It is. And we'll be sitting at home making our own things on our 3D printer. Exactly. Right <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and give us a peek into what it was like working with Tom Gucci and the Dolce & Gabbana boys.
1: It was a different time and it was incredible time. I mean, I only worked at Gucci when Tom was there for three years and he was in London. So I didn't like have a lot of interactions with him when I did, he was like incredible and charming and amazing Mm -hmm. and such a genius. Um, but just being, in that sort of electric time of those right. brands. And it was like, you know, heydays. I mean, Gucci's obviously back to being incredible, but like Tom Ford Gucci, it right. felt like I couldn't believe most that it was glamorous there. Oh, in the the world. most glamorous thing in the world. And all the celebrities would wear the clothes. Right. And I would just be so excited and right. so caught up in it. And I loved every second of it. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just, it was energizing. It was scary. There were some very badly behaved women there who <laughs> really mistreated the young people. That oh, doesn't, wow. I mean, that's how a lot
2: of how the industry is well, that's changed. kind of the way it was. Right? Yes, yeah. totally. I think in every industry, but well, and I think that's kind of good that maybe that's not a thing so much that's right. not as permissible totally. as it used to be.
1: Totally. And, and you know, I've joked about talking about hard hitting things like me too earlier, but right. the truth is like when I, my experience in fashion, like I was mistreated by many more women than ever oh, sure. men. Like, I mean, sure. there were yeah. women who were just so mean to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, it just like, right. I don't think you could do that anymore. Thank no. God. And I've never behaved, you know. Mis- well, right. when you, it you do moment.
2: it, it ends up, you know. Coming back. Going away. It, it the, the, the business usually fails, right. ultimately, <laughs> when okay, you have maybe. people like
0: that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, tips for entrepreneurs who want to start and grow a business. Well, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I think if you want to
1: start a business, really try to fill a need that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have this joke with my husband. We we always quote Wayne Gretzky, which is funny because we're not is, hockey fans, so but it's always like go where the puck isn't. And oh, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's like, you know that's a little bit like, I mean,
2: that's very simplified and it's so true.
1: Yes. I love that. It's like, don't put something out there that already exists and don't try to be a solve for everything. Like we discussed before, like just if you want, and, and also something I would say is work places before, like the people that right. start their own particularly in fashion that start their own businesses right out of design school like right. no you have to be humble you've got to work for people you've got to see what all the functions do in an office and be right. a low man on the totem pole and like really get to know what everybody does because i think just to start your own business right out of the gate is like naive and nearly impossible right and don't be afraid to ask for help like you said earlier yeah that you one too. figure out how to do that's a more positive one <laughs> thanks for thanks for bringing me back no but all of those are good
2: i mean all of those are super important
0: Yeah. So do you think working in PR, even though you weren't on the design team, but you really got to see all aspects of running a business and then you took that maybe like, for example, with my prior jobs, I've taken what I wanted to keep Mm -hmm. and then a lot I've kept that I did not want to bring to this new company.
1: Of course. It's like any experience, any growth. I mean, first of all, part of the work first is like I saved money so it's not like right. i was like in student debt and like right. starting a business and like right. with not a prayer like i right. worked in, and i had a i made money and i saved money right and it wasn't like you know it wasn't so much money but it's like right. i had some 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 savings to invest. jump off the cliff exactly right. um and then in addition to that like i came out at it, pr is obviously not a traditional path to like designing bags but sure. i looked at it you know with a perspective that i think a lot of my peers wouldn't which is like I knew how trend reports were being created and how magazines were gonna call things in. So oh, yeah. if I, and I would look at all the fashion shows after and be like, oof, aubergine's gonna be a big color. Let me quickly mm-hmm. get nice. some aubergine bags and then proactively call all my friends and be like, if you're doing an aubergine story, I have the right thing for you. I knew how celebrity relationships works. I knew right. how stylist right, polls work. Right, right, right. And so taking so everything. Smart. Yeah, well, it's just, it was what my experience was. It wasn't right. that I wasn't necessarily so smart. It just, that's what I knew. Right. So yeah. I tried to emphasize what I was good at. And I think anybody can apply that. Like you might not be good at all the things. So really be great at the thing you are good at. Right. And then it'll cover up for some of your shortcomings. Right. And yeah. find people that are great at those things. Better too. than you. Right. I think that's good advice too. Like yeah. don't be insecure hire people in other roles who are as good or better than you because that is how people are successful. They're not intimidated and insecure.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then with PR and since you're very creative, have you had a hard time with sales strategy, balancing How are the people that? that are good at that, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, you asked me a question about sales that I couldn't even
1: answer. I don't even right. know. Like, yes, that is not something I never pretended I could do that. Okay. I yeah. can't look at a spreadsheet when people send me weekly oh, yeah. selling and I'm like, could yeah, you put yeah. this in a word documentary? <laughs> I mean, that's uh, not, I think
2: you are like a different, you know, left brain, right totally brain. I believe different. in that. But that's the advice you're giving. It's like find somebody yeah. that is yes. really good at that. Of course. Because you're never going to be. <laughs> That's like my husband said, you'll, you'll, you'll never, I could just tell you right now, you'll never be able to do that. Right. Um, not very nice baby. You can do that. I'm sure. He said Well, it in it's like QuickBooks or something. you know, some, something about our, you know, he's trying to be helpful. Yeah. 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 He didn't mean it like in a condescending way. Right. He just sure. meant you need to get someone right. else like to It's like time take care versus
0: money. Should you spend time figuring this out yourself or should you just spend the money and hire someone else? Right. Yeah. Or Definitely yeah. hire someone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I wanted to
2: know when you are a mom and you have your own business, how are you managing all that? Constant, constant juggling act.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think I like to say that in my life, there's like about four pillars of Mm -hmm. priorities, which are obviously kids, Mm -hmm. husband, self and work. Mm -hmm. And I think it's impossible to do all four well all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like just being like this week, I'm going to be good at, kids and self and right. I'm going to exercise and next week I'm going to be good at husband and work and like just always right. moving it around and knowing that like you're gonna fail at some things right and that's okay and no one's gonna punish right. you or hold a grudge and whatever like obviously like you for just, me it's very clear my kids are always the priority of course so when you like I know that right but then everything else is sort of rotating some right. days I get to work out most days I don't I have
2: right. in a year. but you know exactly just, you juggle you kind of check in with those four pillars exactly see which one is really Lo, uh, oh, I can't remember who was talking, maybe it was a podcast I listened to, and the woman was in China for oh, yeah. work, mm-hmm. and her, they got, she got a call that her child had the chicken pox, no. and so she was like, call my husband, just like what just right. happened to you, the school nurse just called, right. you know, and you're like, call my husband, right. so you just have to kind of juggle it all, but they do, you know, kids do grow up, so. That's a good and bad thing. <laughs>
0: and they come back, maybe. That's, that's right. right. You
2: guys are the inspiration for kids. <laughs> that's right. right. You it's
0: just it. Nice. And tell us about what inspires you. How can you come up with these truly incredible designs every season? Do you have burnout? How do you take care of yourself so that you can be creative? I think, look, living in New York, it's like, if you can't
1: be inspired in New York right. and take advantage of everything we have here. It's like, right. I live uptown, so I'm like the Met, the, exactly. Homa, the Guggenheim, exactly. it's like, that's like i'm constantly walking into right. those places yeah. and it's like no shortage of inspiration and now we have a very talented designer who i work with so like she comes at it from her perspective i come from right. mine and like we somewhere you know that's meet in the fine. Super fun, super that fun but i think you just have to be curious if you're a, a design person i think it's generally like you're a curious person you're, you're just looking constantly, at design books yeah you're right. watching old movies and you're just constantly looking for visual
2: inspiration right that makes perfect sense
0: And you have worked with funding from friends and family, but not venture capital Mm -hmm. or private equity. So tell us about that decision to, to do that. Um, I think,
1: you know, my advice on that is a little bit still the jury's out because I think there's positive and negatives for both. So we went friends and family route simply because when I launched, it was self-funded, I didn't take any money from anybody. And then I had a bunch of friends who once we got a lot of traction and we got traction quickly would say, anytime you wanna raise money, let me know. Anytime you wanna raise money. So when we first raised money, I went to the four people that had said that repeatedly and it was really easy and I raised money from friends. The issue is those friends are incredible and supportive and I couldn't love them more, but they weren't private equity people and they were kind of like, good luck. You know, there were no milestones, there were no requirements. It was like, you know, I'd send quarterly financials, but like there were no questions. Like people sort of trusted that I would kind of figure out how to do that. And I love them for that. But I, you know, if I had taken institutional capital that not only was like, these are milestones you have to hit and here's how we can help you hit them. Right. I might've been in a different situation. You know, it's been a long time. It's now we're in business 10 years and maybe I would have been bigger. The issue is obviously is that private equity wants their money back quickly. Oh And VC. Of course. I'm I'm using them. They want their money back and and they want to turn a profit. And I think a lot of times they make people
2: grow too fast and then they can't catch up and then they close. And then also like, why do you have to be so big? You That's don't. my thing. I, I, I get almost sad when when they go. Ma- I do. Yeah. I feel like, oh, this was something so special, yes. you know, and now it's just everywhere so I think that's the or trend sometimes you too. feel like they sold out I, well it's not only sold out I think it's like people can't keep
1: up with it and they right. do what their investors tell them to do and exactly. then they find themselves like I have to close my business because there wasn't the demand for this this is right. false I didn't ever <laughs> want
2: to create socks exactly. or whatever it was <laughs> exactly. you know yeah. yeah
1: exactly and so I think a lot of people are being a little cautious now taking institutional money because right. I, I think details. a lot of people would just love to have like a healthy business that
0: throws off cash
1: and like right. doesn't have to be a billion dollar business yeah. right oh my god. Yes.
0: Any tips for someone looking to get in the fashion industry? Um,
1: I just say intern. You know, I feel like the only thing, and this is old advice, Mm because when I was in college, I always interned, and I interned Mm -hmm. in a magazine, and I interned. Um, at Giorgio Armani. Like, I just mm-hmm. think that that is still a lot of how you get jobs. Mm-hmm. You meet people at one job. Like, you know, I don't think people at, a, at an entry level are really using Headhunter. So I think mm-hmm. being impressive, working really hard, showing that you're a team player and you'll do anything. Mm-hmm. is like, you'll get recommended, you'll get a job. But I'd also say, think long and hard of why right. you want to join fashion. Run, It's really no, changing. <laughs> totally.
2: <laughs> Trying to be positive. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But that's so true. I also think like once you get into a... Like you graduate and you go, like you went into the buying route um, of fashion, and after a few years, she was thinking, well, I might want to try a tutorial, I might want to do this. If she had done had different internships in different areas, she might have had a, more of an idea of which specific area um, would be, you know, the best for her. But everything I feel like happens for a reason, and I think with, you know the contacts that you made and the experience that you had yeah. with Barney's is what you what what you needed and it was a phenomenal thing and it's continuing
0: today right yeah it's so interesting how it's like once you're on a track well it's kind of hard to get out of the buying side since some people aren't super modern Mm -hmm. because I would like talk to someone in editorial and they're like well you're too experienced to be like a fashion assistant but you're inexperienced to become lateral you know so they, they couldn't figure it out but, but we so just did cre- it okay yeah. and now we do all of it yeah we just create our own company to do it all we're multi it for better or for worse i don't know if that's good or bad thing what are some of the most interesting things that people have asked you to put on the bags oh my god
1: <laughs> i mean i have a list. Um, Two of my favorites are two sides of the same coin, which is someone once got a bag that said divorced. Oh, wow. And then someone else <laughs> got a bag with her phone number. Totally. Oh, like <laughs> a... And I always love that. Like, oh, it's that like, is so funny. you know, the personalized bags by and large are not for the shy, you know, right. like, people are coming up to you. They're talking about that bag. Oh, and I used yeah. to say this all the time and people thought it was like a PR spiel, but truly like when I launched personalization. My friends freaked. Like they'd be like, "My husband has never asked me about anything, even the non-personalized bags." Right. Like, they'd be like my husband's never asked me about anything. He's obsessed with this bag. I got so many comments and people keep stopping me about this bag. Like it is a conversation piece.
2: It is, and so and it you, can be tongue and cheek. Yes. It usually is tongue and cheek. Right. It's usually
1: ridiculous. I mean, right. obviously, people still do their names and their initials, and those are classic and gorgeous, right. and I love them. But right. when people put funny things on or kind of raunchy things, right? I remember someone, a, a socialite, if you will, yeah. um, wanted me to put the F word on a bag. Uh, earlier early early on and i was like i absolutely not and a winter is gonna see you how funny how funny and then obviously i didn't care and i made it more but you know it really shows people's personalities right
2: that is too funny it's really cute okay the last question that i wanted to ask you oh there's two what is a day in your life like Pretty boring. I mean, pretty standard. I wake up <laughs> super early because I have
1: monkeys that jump right. on me early in the morning and insist I make them breakfast. Like, right. Like a, like a short order cook. I'm running like 12 different options on yep. pancakes and eggs. And um, so I'm with the kids early and make them breakfast, get the big two off to school. My little one and I, we high five when the big two leave because oh, we're how alone. Cute. And then I usually have to put him in front of the TV so I can quickly get dressed. Right. And then I take him to school and then I usually, he works. I mean, he works. He, <laughs> <laughs> I really start him early. He goes to school about 30 blocks from here. So I drop him and I try to walk in every day. Whoa, 30 to, blocks? Yeah, 30 blocks. Wow. And then I try to exercise a couple of days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just work. And usually mm-hmm. like, you know, I've been in the city a long time now. So like I, I'm involved in a lot of charities makes me sound yeah. like I'm on a lot of boards. I'm not, but like, I'll go to a yeah, lot yeah. of lunches and, and try to see friends for lunch. Cause I, sure. I like, you know, when I else love would lunch. you yeah, yeah, exactly. I love lunch too. Um, so I do that. And then like, as I said, I'll like pop into a museum. I'll go down to Chelsea, just right. like try to do something that's inspirational. And then, you know, home kids, right. sometimes social stuff out, but it's pretty standard stuff. Yeah.
2: All right. Right now in our world, everything is so negative and scary. And uh, how are you combating that? How are you able to stay positive? Can I say cannabis?
1: Ah, <laughs> <you> <laughs> know, I'm actually know, Whatever,
2: it's not true. I mean, look,
1: the truth is the world is scary and awful, and I watch the news constantly, and yeah. it's horrible. And right. and the and what we do here is like, I don't think it's more serious than it is. You know, right. I mean, like we make fashion accessories and right. they've always the purpose has always been to sort of surprise and delight and right. I feel like if you can't smile looking at these bags right. and like they that's what they should be they should be like quick right. relief and make you smile and if you're gonna spend money on something it should make you happy in my mind like life right. is tough and this is frivolous and right. I get it Um, So that's sort of like why I still love to come here and work because it's like there is a sense of like lightness and happiness. And literally our Instagram handle on Edie Parker is... We craft pretty things that make you happy. Yeah. And on flower, it's for a good time. Like this is the ethos of our brand and what we believe fashion should be. Right. Um, you know, our, our spin on fashion. So I don't know how to fix the problems in the world and I don't pretend to, and I don't pretend to make this more than it is, but like in here, you're going to smile when you look at this
2: product. And if you're You're making something that's going to bring people joy and if it doesn't, then buy drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can't help you. (laughs) I can help you if you're in California. (laughs) Only in California.
0: Yeah, because, so tell us about the California thing. So y'all partnered with two different companies, one in SF, one in LA? No, basically,
1: so cannabis is very tricky. And because it's not federally legal, like Mm -hmm. the regulations are insane. And they vary from state to state. And they change constantly. So you have to be, if you want to launch a cannabis brand, you have to be vertically integrated in each state. Which means you have to grow there, package there, distribute there so even though like california and colorado are close in both legal reg states you can't ship from california to colorado right so we are only in california we partnered with a company called flocana in northern california and it's like the most high quality flower you could possibly get it's outdoor sun-grown organic Mm -hmm. amazing amazing flower and so we work with them and they Um, provide our gram what's inside our gram jars our mini pre-rolls and now and we work with another company who's um, making our vape pens which we're launching next month we paused them because there were all there was like a little bit of a scary debate around vapes but they sort of identified what was making people ill and it was mostly on black market vapes and obviously everything
2: we're making is like organic and healthy and fully regulated so and then the the products so like the the box and all of those kinds of things you can get
1: anyway yeah yeah, yeah yeah all the accessories you can right. ship nationally that we sell them at our store we sell right. them on our website because right. as i said those are just beautiful accessories right. exactly
0: so where can we find you where can we buy your products social media Look, I think the best place where
1: you can have the most robust offering is either ed-parker.com. I had to have that hyphen. Okay. Ed-parker.com or edparkerflower.com. Our store is um, on Bond Street, 25 Bond Street, come down, super fun and beautiful. And then our Instagram for Edie Parker is at ed underscore Parker. And for Flower, it's at edparkerflower so Perfect. you can find us we're yeah. everywhere yes
0: yes incredible well, thank you so much for being thank here you guys we you are Canada. such a
1: delight always <laughs> oh you are an inspiration for a mother-daughter relationship <laughs> yes, right.
0: and you are so you charming to and look fun
1: forward to. well maybe you do you, <laughs> you do well, yeah.
2: don't worry i'm not saying she's it,
0: had all.
2: She's had it all she's like i'm not saying it's gonna be easy
1: all the time <laughs> yeah. how long were you difficult for
0: Oh my God, never. She's difficult this morning. You
1: no. have been difficult. <laughs> you weren't like enough teenage angst.
2: Phoebe, you,
0: you can answer that question.
2: I think she's always been exactly how she is right now very so intense. Perfect. She, you know what I mean by that is like she expects a lot from herself, so she expects a lot from other people. Problems.
0: My personality issues. So sometimes <laughs> it's like, you just have
2: to give me a break, you
0: know, do the best I can. Right. Yeah. Wow. But Learning no, yeah. to relax, which is good that this is happening at 28, right? But you know, what's interesting too, it's like,
2: you're going to learn a lot from your child, talk, talk, you I know, already. like she says all the time to me, you know, don't be negative. Or right. Right. I don't know why, why did you say you don't think you can do that? Right. right. I, th- I know you can, you know, and right. then you're like, Oh God, now I've got to do it because if I don't, I look like the biggest baby. Right, right. So then you step out of your comfort zone and it works. And then you're like, you know, I'm always the one that's like, I have no idea. But, you know, it's, she's just been a good um, influence too. That's so nice. so, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. true.
1: Cause like your kids are your harshest critics, but right. like, they really believe in you the most too. They're right. like, of course yeah. you can do this.
2: Right. And they make you reconsider the things that just because of society and life and the life of a mom too. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when we were doing this business at one point, cause I have a husband and I have. aging parents and things like that and she said you need to explain to people that this is you either have to decide if this is a full-time career or if you're just going to take care of everybody and then if you ever have extra time you're going to work on this company you have to decide now and if it's going to be a real thing you have to explain to people you know that you have availability here but that this is something that you really are passionate about and just like what you're doing you have to have people that understand you know mom's working right now or whatever. Right. Setting healthy boundaries. Yeah. It's
0: tough. And anything you've learned, are they considered Gen Z or something else? The children.
2: They're beyond that. I don't even know know what they're going to
0: (laughs) be. I don't even know what I am.
1: I do. I'm an old millennial. (laughs) Perfect. I'm a young baby boomer. (laughs) I <laughs> yeah, love it. Oh, by the way, you know we call boomers who find cannabis again what? Boomerangs. You uh-uh. oh, that around. is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh.
0: Stop! Yeah. I love that. that, that is it's so incredible. cute. I, thought I was
1: going to tell you too. You know what makes you relax?
0: Oh God! Yeah. I know. I've literally never done it. I'm too uptight to even try. She You're a perfect candidate. You're a perfect <laughs> <CBD> candidate. <laughs> yes, I've started CBD. We'll we'll start yeah. there. Yeah. I don't have good a panic entry. <laughs> oh my God. <gasps> Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, and you so much for having me. You better go visit the Edie Parker website and store and all the things and let us know what you get because you see on our Instagram that we... Wear them out and about proudly always. So tag at Edie Parker at The Style That Finds Us. We'll share, share the love. Yes. Okay, bye. Yeah. bye. If you like what you heard, tell a friend about our show. Subscribe to our podcast. And also scroll to the bottom and give a rating and or a review. Those are the best ways for other people to find out about our podcast. See you next time. Bye.